another great episode of The Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Brian, where they talk bourbon and, of course, drink bourbon. Grab yourself a pour, kick back, and enjoy another trip down the bourbon road. excited to have blandsbourbonshop.com as a new sponsor for the bourbon road podcast in fact this podcast is brought to you by blanton's bourbon shop blantonsbourbonshop.com is the only official merchandiser for blanton's the original single barrel looking for a unique gift blanton's bourbon shop has got you covered blantonsbourbonshop.com is your home for all blanton's gifts You know, friends, it's never too early to start planning your trip to the Bourbon Trail for 2023. We hope you'll join the Bourbon Road crew as we pull out all the stops this year at Bourbon on the Banks. So mark your calendars for October 6th and 7th, and we'll plan on seeing you in Frankfort, Kentucky. Be sure to listen in during the halftime break for all the details on Bourbon on the Banks. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Bourbon Road Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Shannon, and today we are once again on the road. My wife, Melody, joined me this time. We traveled north out of Simpsonville, Kentucky, about an hour and a half or so, and we're in Nashville, Indiana. Got a guest on the show today, somebody you're really going to appreciate. We are at Heart Truth Distillery, and we're talking to Master Distiller, mm-hmm. Brian Smith. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Brian, welcome to the show. It's good to have you and I have talked on a number of occasions, and uh, I've had the opportunity to drink your whiskey on many more occasions over the last year or two. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, it's been uh, it's been a favorite of ours, and we've been looking forward to getting up here and spending some time with you. We have seen you on the road a few times, mm-hmm. but uh, coming here to this campus is just a delight. Oh, and thank you. Well, and thank you for the compliment on the whiskey. It means a lot. So I want to first give a shout out to uh, Jerry, who who went overboard to make us feel uh, welcome and at home here. He uh, organized our visit and got us got us sitting across from you here at this table. Uh, what a great fella. Jerry's the best. You know, there's a reason why we have him in this, uh, you know, do meeting with folks like y'all and in this position. He, he knocks it out of the park every time. So we're going to get. Straight to this first glass of whiskey, but then we're going to dive into this this enormous facility and this beautiful place we are. But what do we have in our first glass? Yeah, so our first glass is a whiskey that we just released, which is our High Road Rye. Um, for people who are familiar with Hard Truth Sweet Mash uh, Rye that's been out in the market now for a little over a year and a half, um, this is a new mash bill, previously unreleased. So this is this mash bill utilizes some corn. And uh, we we heard from our our um, bar and restaurant retail partners out across the country that they were they loved our sweet mash rye, um, which is always bottled at cask strength. Uh, but they were looking for a sweet mash rye from us that was at a, a proof that would bring the price down some, but also um, you know just kind of make it a little bit easier for cocktailing. Because if you make you know you make more than two cocktails out of 117 proof sweet mash rye, you're going to know it. For you're sure. going to know it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this uh, high road rye clocks in at 93 proof. It's 55 uh, percent rye, 36 percent corn, and the remainder of malted barley. Okay, well, yeah. good. I'm glad to hear it because there are people in both camps people who like you know the a preponderance of rye in their rye and their uh rye whiskeys and there are people that like a little bit of the flavoring corn grain too right so right yeah you and, take you know, care of both people and one thing i've found with this this particular mash bill and of course you know we're, we're we've laid down quite a lot of sweet mash rye but also sweet mash bourbons that we've not yet released but what i've noticed from this whiskey is it's it's really more telling as we're evaluating through our bourbons yet to come it's really more in that that flavor profile similar to what we're getting from our bourbons because of that corn the corn element in there well that's fantastic yeah. you mind lead me through a tasting here no let's go ahead yeah i, I so you what you'll learn about me is I, I taste and talk about it like a distiller and not a uh 
not a not a brand ambassador or a taster. I'm really terrible at coming up with great notes, and I, I like to let people drink it how they want to drink it. But you know, I think you know. I'm sure your listeners are very familiar, but you know, nosing is always a hugely important thing. One thing I've found about um, our whiskeys, especially the sweet mash rye whiskeys, is that uh, you know it really evolves on the nose in the glass over a, a period of time. So I think we poured this, what, 10 minutes ago? It's been sitting and resting. Resting is yeah, a good word, right? I'm getting, you know, one thing that I, and I'm, I'll, I'll say a couple notes, but then I want to hear what you think. But one of, one of the things that I always get from all of our rye whiskeys is a lot of fruit. So, you know, as we were doing evaluations through our first whiskeys before we released them, and we were doing panels with some of the best rye whiskeys and the, you know, best selling in the world, we noticed something very um, consistent across all of our mash bills, which was this big burst of bright fruit on the, when it's new make, it's like a tropical fruit, like a mango papaya. But then after it's been in the barrel, it turns more to a, uh, like a peach nectarine apricot kind of thing. So I'm, I'm getting a lot of, a lot of fruit on the nose on this one. And then when I, when I look for the barrel, I'm getting, for me, it's like a maple, maple sugar, a little bit of smoke from the barrel. Yeah, so for me, I'm I'm getting kind of like white raisins um, mm-hmm. and a little bit of pear or peach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that. It might be suggestive on your part that I'm getting that, but I, you know, the first thing I thought when I smelled it was white raisins. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, I'm gonna give it a taste. Now. Cheers. Now that oak really comes across nicely on the palate. It does. I really like that a lot. You know what I like about this this particular mash bill? We were, because <clears throat> I've got several to go through with our rye whiskeys. Um, and with this one, what we wanted to find was which mash bill does best bringing it down to lower proof. And when I say best, you know, for me, what I'm always looking for with our whiskeys is complexity and balance. So I know that's kind of, you know. I'm not unique in that, but that really is kind of my North star. You know, I, I always want a lot of complexity, but I also want balance. I don't want it to be overly one thing or the other. Um, so with this one, even at 93 proof, which we took, we started at 115, went all the way down to 90 and we, we evaluated it at every single proof point along the way. And we didn't dissect from 115 to 114.5, but we, we did one proof point all the way down, sure. did our full evaluation panel. And, uh, as the, the most, you know, the amazing thing about whiskey is you'll, you'll like, you know, you'll do your evaluation. Then all of a sudden there's this like sweet spot, right? Significant break in flavor. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And, you know, not forget, never forget my, my statistics class and you learn about statistical significance. So with our evaluation panel, you know, I'll, I do it. We do a double blind. We don't, we don't lead anybody. We don't have anybody talk, you know, they taste at different times of the day. Um, then I look at those sheets and sometimes there are very clear statistically significant tick, you know, upticks that happen. And with this one between 92 and 94, we had everyone said, you know, like started reading off all these complex maple, maple sugar, smoke, apricot. Um, and so that's when Chris and I then went 92, 93 and 94 and 93 was by far the best. Awesome for us. The scientific method, but the, the human element, right? Because for sure, every every palate's a little different. So if you gather a bunch of different palates together and you get consensus, that's a good thing, right? It is. I mean, I think one thing that that you have to follow it when you're doing this is is you you have to trust your gut, right? You have to trust that what you like, um, the consumer is going to like, or else you shouldn't be in the business of doing it. But uh, so we always stay true to that. You know, I'm never shaping a flavor to meet something that I think somebody else is going to like. It's what I like the best, but then getting confirmation of that, you know, I've got a, a good group of, of folks down in Kentucky and also in Indiana and some in Tennessee that are good friends of mine, where before we release a whiskey, I do a gut check. I don't say anything about what, you know, I'll say rye or bourbon or whatever, but then I'll, I'll send it to them. And I, all I say is just give me your thoughts. Right. Um, and so getting that confirmation through either, you know, statistical significance or from people who you trust is is super important. Absolutely. And they're, and they're brutally honest sometimes too. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. 
for yeah. sure. As they should be. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that's a, a, a thing that goes both ways. You probably receive samples as well. And I do. you got to give your honest opinion. Right. Well, and I, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. If, if people, you know, we can get people to shine us on all the time. I, mm-hmm. I want the people that say, I like this and I like this about it, but I don't like this about it. That helps me out tremendously. Because a lot of times you can adjust those things through proof. Sure. You know. Well, this is tasty and we'll keep Thank sipping you. on it as we, as we start to dive in a little bit, yeah. you know, into hard truth. And we like to kind of spend the first half of the show um, kind of reliving the history of who we're talking to, both you as uh, as a member of the company and, and your history here, and as well as the the brand itself. And sure. kind of, we're, we're in Nashville, Indiana, and there's mm-hmm. probably a good number of listeners. We've got listeners in all 50 states and 40 countries. So right. wow. I, I guarantee you there's a portion of those people that say, Nashville, Indiana, where's that? You know, right. They have no clue. Yeah. So uh, a little background on Nashville, Indiana. Sure. So Brown County... Where Nashville sits here in Indiana is a very unique, geographically, it's a unique place in Indiana. If you come visit Indiana, you know, coming from Chicago or from the northeast corner of Indiana, you know, you're going to encounter a lot of cornfields. You know, there's kind of a joke about there's, you know, more than corn in Indiana. Um, And then people know the Indy 500 race, right? And that's pretty much what they know. So I grew up in Evansville, which is down on the Indiana-Kentucky border, southwest border, um, down in Indiana and down there it's a river town. So it's still kind of flat, but there's this cool little segment from Bloomington over to Columbus, Indiana. And then it kind of goes North and South as well. Um, with a lot of deep, deep, lush hardwood forests, big hills and hollers, kind of like the Appalachia foothills of Appalachia. Um, it's a shockingly beautiful place for anywhere in the world. But especially in Indiana, when you, when you're driving through and then you come here, you're like, Whoa, what's, what's this? So, um, geographically it's where the, the Laurentide ice sheet stopped and retreated. So it kind of pushed all this earth up and then through the retreating, um, ice, there was a lot of erosion. So it carved out these beautiful hills and hollers that are here. Um, so, but it's also been a kind of a difficult place to live uh, when the settlers were first coming through, cause there's really no, not much in the way of water. Um, a lot of wildlife that they were, you know, back in the day, bears and, um, and, uh, uh you know, mountain lions and all kinds of stuff. Sure. So it was a hard living, you know, they're the old pictures that we have of the folks that, that first came through here. It's just almost comical, tough people. Though. Oh man, tough people. Yeah. Um, but then what started to happen around the turn of the century was a, a lot of artists, started to, to locate here because of the beautiful landscapes. So painters, sculptors, uh, blacksmiths, glass blowers. And then, you know, we, we had kind of the sixties, 1960s where, um, some of these same artists and musicians, uh, really landed here and made this their home. Um, Bill Monroe, uh, his music center, the bean blossom Bill Monroe music center is here in Nashville, Indiana. Uh, there was the little Nashville Opry where Johnny Cash played, Willie Nelson played, Hank Williams played. Um, so there's a long history of, of kind of, you know, you know, rough folks that made a great living here out of the land. And then a lot of great artists and people that appreciate the nature around them to inspire their art. So then fast forward a little bit now, Nashville, the town of Nashville, you know, Permanent residents about 900, but we get over 2 million visitors a year through this town. So uh, it's it's a great little place if you want a little day trip, you know, and you're in Cincinnati or Chicago or St. Louis or, you know, wherever you can. Uh, not a day trip, but but an overnight weekend. Um, it's a great place to come visit. And you're the you're about an hour and a half north of Louisville. Is yeah. That right? about, and about, yes. about an hour south of Indy. Correct. And then Cincinnati is about a two hour drive. And a little bit less. Yeah. yeah. So right, right in the core of kind of a big, big population, uh, you can go even further north and, yes. and hit Chicago. But um, yeah. this is, uh, this is a destination for a lot of people. It has been for us for years. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice place to um, get away and spend a weekend. Mm-hmm. Beautiful um, Main Street here. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's called Main Street, though, is it? Van, uh, Van Buren? Van or? Buren Street. There is a Main Street that intersects with Van Buren. Okay. Van Buren's kind of the main drag where all the shops are. A lot of bed and breakfasts, mm-hmm. great restaurants, wineries. A lot of a lot of 
rental cabins tucked back in the woods on lakes. Very, very private. It's really cool. It's really cool. And then you've got also Brown County State Park, which is one of the most visited state parks in the United States. Um, also, for your folks who might like mountain biking, it's one of the top five mountain biking destinations in the country. That's what brought us here the first time. Yeah. So okay. we came here to ride mountain bikes on the trails. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, that's when we discovered what's outside of the Brown County Park, which mm-hmm. was Nashville, which is just literally a mile away. So Right. Yeah. Great place to come to. Highly recommend it to our listeners if you want to plan a weekend or a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that this is a and, – and the fall's a tremendous time to come here. It's beautiful year-round, but I will tell your listeners, fall, it's just absolutely stunning here. But if you want to come in the fall, start planning your stay for next year now because <laughs> they're, they're de- they definitely run out of room. So sometimes folks will have, end up staying in Columbus, Indiana or Bloomington, Indiana um, during the fall to, yeah. to visit here in Brown County. But if you can, if you can stay here, definitely stay here. If not, just, just come spend your afternoon at hard truth. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Well, so we got a little bit of history of the place. Yep. Now what about hard truth? Sure. So the, the business was formed um, out of a, a, a group of entrepreneurs who live here in town and who had started a brewery and a little brew pub. So uh, when you learn about the, the original partners who are still the same partners, um, they're a group of friends that were here in town and they decided to raise their families here and live here. Um, they all had kind of left corporate life in other places, um, but the thing that they were missing here was a good craft beer. You know, there's, there just wasn't a good place to, to get a great craft beer here in, in Brown County. So one of the partners was a home brewer. And so when they tell you the story, they'll tell you, and it's true that, 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 you know, it, it got out of hand is what they say. So they never intended on uh, building a, a, a big, robust business. So what happened was they started with uh, a little, uh, Fudge shop that had gone um, up for sale. They bought it. Uh, they turned it into a homebrew exchange. So Tim O'Brien, who was the original brewer, who you all met, you said one time when you were staying here at the Allison yep. House, um, Tim O'Brien's beer was the most popular of all the beers at the homebrew uh, exchange. So they decided to put in a one-barrel brew system. One barrel went to a four-barrel system. Then they bought the building next to it. Then they made that a brew pub. Then they did the pizza restaurant now was where the second iteration of the brewery was. Now, fast forward to 2023 and Quaffon Brewing Company is the second or third largest craft brewer in the state of Indiana. So Busted Knuckle, Six Foot Blonde. A lot of people are familiar with those two beers, but they they they, they make incredibly great beer. Um, and I, I would argue that most of their beer is a craft beer for everyone's palate. So it's not super crazy, so hoppy that you, you can't drink it. Sure. Um, um, so, so they, they had Quaffon Brewing Company and then their brew pub and their restaurants were doing well. So they started opening up more restaurants. Their restaurants started to become, or were renamed Big Woods restaurants. So we have nine Big Woods restaurants in the state of Indiana that are very successful. Um, and then in 2014, uh, the laws were changed thanks to, Ed Clare and Ted Huber down in the southeastern part of the state um, to establish an Indiana artisan distillers permit. So what that says is, uh, for folks who are familiar with how the alcohol system works with three tiers, what that says is if you have a winery or a brewery or a DSP, you can co-locate an artisan distillery. And with that artisan distillery, you can sell direct to consumer X amount of alcohol per year, bypassing the, the three-tier system. So what that does is it allows entrepreneurs to, you know, make good liquid. You know, you have to start with some experience in the fermentation and, and creation business, but then make good liquid and sell it directly to the consumer like you would in a winery. Um which means that you can take that extra capital and continue to build your business. Sure. So um the guys, my partners started, uh, went through, jumped through the hoops, got the permit, bought a couple stills. Um, and then that's where I met them was during that time period. Um, I raised my hand and said, I'm ready for this. Let me, let me take a swing at this thing. And so we started in a little 900 square foot space, really about the same size as this room we're sitting in right now uh, with a couple pot stills above the pizza restaurant. And uh, that's where um, 
we formulated our first recipes for our vodka, cinnamon vodka, our white rum. Um, and that's really where we got our start. Sure. Yeah. We remember those days at the pizza really? restaurant. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. Well, we've been coming here for 12 years, probably 12 years. So would that be about right? That's yeah. That's it's, it was. Yeah. Cause that's when, so 2009 was when Quaffon really got, got rolling. So yeah. Just and and right. we were, we were here, you know, to have fun on the mountain bikes. And then our subsequent mm-hmm. visits, once we put down the mountain bikes was to come drink beer. Right. And yeah. walk and walk up and down Van Buren. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we spent uh, many of our trips uh, drinking the Quaffon beer and having pizza. And and I'm sure in the back room you were busy. <laughs> making uh, we were distillate. me so, and Cole Smith. We were we were upstairs, upstairs, uh, uh, really formulating the the plan for the future. And and uh, God love those those guys, you know, Ed and Jeff and Jim and Tim. They are exceptional um, entertainers are not, not, they are exceptional entertainers, but, but really the, the, you know, the, the activity part of the experience, there we go. That's where I'm looking for. So the experience part of the customer experiences, you know, that's, they're really, really, really good at that. So, and they always had a personal touch. So, uh, so then we, we look at what we, you know, we had this artisan distillers permit. I was very motivated to, uh, take that to the next level. So we, and then I learned of their, vision for this property. And so they have the vision, the vision for the experience that would be on this property, which once you step on this 325 acres, it's kind of astounding when you really see what's here in such a short period of time and, and the potential of what's to come. Um, and then they guarded me with what are we going to make? What are we going to be known for? Where are we going to go? So that's, I joined the company in 2015. Um, we went into distribution in 2017. We opened this place up in 2018, started running our column still at the end of 2018. And then we released our first whiskey to the market at the end of 2021. Yeah, I remember seeing a, a, a sweet mash rye up on the shelf. And I think it said three years on it or mm-hmm. about three years. So that would have been 2021. Is that right? 2021, it would have, the age statement would say aged at least two years. At least two years. That's right. And I think uh, through conversation, well, when I tasted it, I think I tasted rye that was more equal to maybe a five-year whiskey. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were so surprised about is how mature it tasted for being what I th- think I was told about three years at the time. So Yes. Yeah, so I would love to tell you that we had a plan. Mm-hmm. That said, we were going to have whiskey ready between two and three years old, but yeah. we did not. Uh, we were as surprised as you were, and uh, you know, obviously, when you're laying down whiskey, it's a significant capital investment. We aren't beholden to anyone. We're all self financed, um, so it's very expensive to release to to lay whiskey down. Sure. So when you first decide to start opening casks and selling them, it's a big. It's a big day, you know, because there's 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 uh, you can start to kind of build more capital to, to grow your business. So um, I was, you know, I was always thinking that we would be around the four year point before we released any whiskey. Um, but this whiskey, I, but I do recall when I first was, you know, learned about Sweet Mash and I would met Shane and Pat at Wilderness Trail and I tasted a whiskey of theirs that was just two years old. It was before they had released anything. And I kind of blew my mind, the complexities of it. And of course, their rice were really good. Really, really good. Really good. Yeah. So, of course, Pat explained to me why, because of the sweet mash process, they were able to get a a softer mouthfeel and a a more complexity at such a young age. Uh, Because, I mean, we don't fiddle around with, we're 50, we go into, you know, 53 gallon barrels. We don't do any chips or spirals or don't do any secondary. I mean, we do some, uh, finishing barrel stuff now that we're going to release later this year, but, um, but you know, it's just whiskey in the original cast and taken out. Right. We don't fiddle around with it. So it it really is amazing to, to, for us and for, for all the people who like our whiskey, um, the amount of complexity and taste that we get out of uh three-year-old whiskey. And in fact, we get a lot of, uh, a lot of folks on the on the interwebs liking to say, "Oh, that's there's no way that's their whiskey. They're they're blending in MGP with that." I can tell you, if you see anything in a hard truth sweet mash bottle, that is a hundred percent whiskey that was taken from a cask that we, you know, 
grain from our farmers, mastered them, and distilled and aged on this property. There's a lot of ways to put together a distillery or put together a whiskey operation. And, and I don't know that there's a wrong way, but that's definitely a right way to do it. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of different flavors of distilleries out there and people are doing a lot of different things to get their product on the shelf, but holding to the, the traditions of whiskey making from long past is, is always a good thing. You it can is. never argue with it. Right. Uh, I do like the sweet mash process. I think it sort of, it affects that hug just a little bit. You know, you mm. just don't get that deep hug that you get with a sour mash whiskey. And right. Well, it celebrates the grain for, for my palate. It celebrates the grain in all the right ways. So yeah. when you hear people sometimes describe whiskeys as grainy, it's a negative. They're, they're, they're speaking to a negative aspect of a graininess of whiskey. Yeah. For me, when I say it celebrates the grain, it's this big, bright fruit that we get. I mean, this, our sweet mash rye whiskey has no corn in it. All that sweetness is coming from the, you know, 94% rye, 6% malted barley. Um, and that's not tip, very typical, I don't think, compared right. to a lot of other ryes out there. I, I, I've always believed that your rye, your sweet mash rye will just turn into, if, if it's allowed to continue to age, and I'm sure you're doing some of that. We are. will just turn into pure candy at some point. It's delicious. Yeah. yeah. And, and, on, and on the turn you know, because of the, how that rye was maturing kind of in my head, you know, I was getting kind of cocky. I was like, well, our bourbon's going to be absolutely ready at four years. Guess what? Last year it wasn't ready. <laughs> it's you a know, fickle it, thing, right? it wasn't ready and it was delicious and yeah. it's going in the right direction, but it, it wasn't right. So the one thing that you can always count on from hard truth is, is, uh, you know, we've got multiple lines at the gate on the liquid. So we will never rush anything to market. So if, if we put it in a bottle and stick it on the shelf, um, you can be guaranteed that, that we love it, love it. And we won't release anything unless we love it. That's awesome. We've kind of brought us up to date. I think it's a good place to pause in the first half. We've had one really good whiskey here. And uh, by the way, uh, could you rename the whiskey again for our yes. listeners? That's High Road Rye. Yep. It's in our cool sweet mash bottle with the cool cork that everybody talks about the cork. Um, it's kind of, uh, it's got a little bit different because it's got a, a a little bit of a character on the bottom. It's got our truck that sits out in front of the distillery with the barrels on it. Um, and one of the quotes that the the partners have used since day one that I met them was always take the high road. It's far less crowded. Yeah. So it's, it's actually printed on our wall in, our, in the, in the boardroom upstairs. Um, and so when we were trying to think about what to do with this whiskey, it was going to be lower proof, a little bit lower price. I mean, it sits on the shelf at 39 99. Um, we thought let's give this a little bit of character. So that's when the high road, um, came in. So there is some meaning to the high sure. road, but it's yeah. Hard truth, high road, rye. Awesome. Well, we'll take a quick break folks. And when we're back, we got two more whiskeys and we're going to hear all about the amazing things going on currently and in the future with Hard Truth. Looking for a unique gift? Blanton's Bourbon Shop has got you covered. All of their handcrafted wood products are made in their in-house wood shop with authentic bourbon barrels. Specializing in barrel-aged potent treats, they use Blanton's barrels to age their own maple syrup, honey, and coffee. Find the most unique gift ideas for your golf lover, cigar connoisseur, avid coffee drinker, and Blanton's fan. Want to win an authentic Blanton's barrel head? Make sure you sign up for the giveaway on the homepage of their website. Blantonsbourbonshop.com is your home for all Blanton's gifts. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we hope you'll join us this fall on October 6th and 7th for Bourbon on the Banks. The festival itself is from 2 to 6 p.m. on October the 7th, and you can pick those tickets up at bourbononthebanks.org for $65. They also have an early access ticket for $75. It'll get you in an hour early and definitely get you access to some special pours. But if you always like that VIP access, this year they're bringing in the VIP access tickets. We'll give you access to their VIP tent and all the great things that go along with that for $175. Be sure to check out bourbononthebanks.org. You'll get all the details on this year's event. 
All right, folks. Well, we are back, and uh, we managed to get through uh, our, that first whiskey. We got another one in our glass this time. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do we have in our glass? So this is our sweet mash rye that folks that are familiar with seeing our whiskey out in the market. This is, you know, it, it, I'll back up for a second. When we first released our rye, I just knew that everybody wanted to know our internal code, RW1. And so we started by differentiating our different mash bills by those codes. And then we've been firmly told by, by, the, by most of the market that they want to know more than just the code. So, but if you look for this on the shelf, it will say hard truth, sweet mash rye. It's in the dark green label. And then below it'll say mash bill RW1 or mash bill one. Um, so this is our 94% rye, 6% malted barley mash bill, zero corn in this. Um, Mash fermented, distilled, and aged here at Hard Truth. We we use uh, three now. Used to, when we first got started, it was five different, um, cust, some of them custom char and toast combination barrels. So by doing that, it gives us a, an ability to to create some additional complexity through blending. Um, so the same mash bill, same whiskey, but we might do you know my my distillation from Monday and a you know. In a, custom hard truth toast, you know, toast to char one barrel. And, uh, the next day in a wave state or next day that lock goes in a wave state. So, you know, what's fun is when we do that, it gives us this incredible complexity when we throw 30 barrels together. Um, but it also gives us a cool thing with this, what's in our glass right now, which this is a single barrel. So when we're doing a single barrel pick with folks on our sweet mash rye, we always give them a choice between three or four different casks. So really, really wildly differentiating flavor profiles from that Same barrel. mash bill, same age, same it's, warehouse, yes. different casks. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you get a variety of flavors that are just uh, so much not the same. We do. And, and what's beautiful about that is one of our casks lends a lot of really, really, really intense, deep vanilla and heavy sweetness, almost like a saccharine kind of sweetness. It's so mm. sweet. Um, then some of our casks that we have, give like a custard, creme brulee, creaminess. And then some of our casks bring, you know, mocha and toffee to the party. So, you know, when we're doing a single barrel experience, it's really awesome for the, for the consumer or the retailer, whoever to be able to kind of get a, their lips on like, Oh my gosh, this is why in the bottle. It's, there's so much complacent part of the reason why. Right. So what we have here and I see now we've got a single barrel. This is from the tours and tasting center. So this is a single barrel you can buy here at hard truth. I don't know what cask this was in, but I'm going to, I bet you I'll be able to nail it once we you probably once will we, once we taste it. Um, and I think this one's kind of proofy too, but I'm not yeah. going okay. talk about how. And, and these are all cast strength. All cast strength. So even our rye whiskey mash bill one, you know, when I throw those 30 barrels together, it's whatever they come together to be. Yeah. Uh, that's what we put in the bottle. Cool. Cheers. Cheers. Well, I like to finish on that one. That is really, really good. Mm. I'm trying to go back to the nose now because I was a little put off by the first nose because I got my nose too far down in the glass. And I got a little bit of that alcohol on it. I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. But I thought I got a little bit of like cocoa on it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is the right one or not, but this is definitely, I was going to say this is definitely a rye drinkers whiskey, but it's got so much sweetness to it that really we cross over a lot into those. My, my favorite person who comes in the tour center is someone who's, I can see them drinking, you know, something else. They're not drinking the rye. Maybe, you know, we started out with a um, sourced bourbon that was in the Sipes was the name of the brand. And I'll see him with that and I'm not the sweet mash. And I'll say, hey, have you tried our sweet mash rye? Oh, I'm not a rye guy. And that's my favorite. I love those words. because. Yeah. A whiskey like this, for someone who's a hardcore bourbon enthusiast that likes cast strength bourbon, um, I really, really get a great reaction from folks. That's a big whiskey. Yeah, it's a it's a big whiskey for sure. And I think the sweetness in a rye is surprising to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you don't get a super sweet rye, but I mean, your ryes, the ones that came out of uh, um, Wilderness Trail. 
mm-hmm. and a number of other distilleries mm-hmm. uh, have found those heavy, sweeter notes, those mm-hmm. syrupy notes, mm-hmm. those even candy notes later on in life. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is very sweet, very nice. It's got a great body to it. It does. And uh, it it punches a little bit mm-hmm. when it Definitely. hits the back of the tongue. So It does. It does. Yeah, and that's the one thing that I, <clears throat> I love to tell folks, and, you know, whenever we go out to the market with these, you know, 94% rye, 6% malted barley, especially at cask strength. If it's not a big whiskey, mm-hmm. then it wasn't made right. right. That's my opinion. So what do you think about, you know, the palates in general? I mean, they're, they're moving up the proof chain, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the, the public. So are you seeing, right. you're still seeing a lot of people that like to hang down in the nineties or most of your guests really want to want to taste that 100 plus stuff. You know, I think because of our initial price point and the fact that we are a grain to glass distillery um, and that we're still small, most of the people that find us, you know, they're not mixing it with Coke or, you know, making a, you know, they might make an old fashioned or Manhattan, but you know, and most of those folks, are fine with proofy whiskeys, you know, yeah. they're there. And which is why our first, I, my personal philosophy is, I mean, we really stuck a stake in the ground. We said for our first whiskey that we released, it's a hundred percent ours. I don't want to fiddle around with the proof. I don't want to try to hide anything. I don't want to do anything. I want to take the honest whiskey that we made, blend the casks together, put it in a bottle and let the consumer decide what they think of it. So I think it's the most honest way to, to, uh, to, to put your whiskey out in the world. Now, I think you, I think it's funny that you say you're a little distillery or a small distillery, mm-hmm. because when you come here, that's not what you see. Right. So that it's altogether different than that. Uh, this is, a, you mentioned earlier, 300 plus acre campus. Right. Uh, the distillery itself is large. Mm. Tasting is. room is, and, and the bottle shop is expansive. Well, I believe we've got from from our numbers last year and the year before, we've got more visitors to our distillery. I, I don't know any other distillery that's posting up numbers like we are as far as visitors here. Um, so we we've had let's see in twenty twenty in twenty twenty we had over four hundred thousand visitors come to our distillery. In twenty twenty one, it was over five hundred thousand. So. Those are real numbers. I mean, we do have a 300-seat restaurant, 1,000-person outdoor music venue, and then the distillery and the tours and this big sprawling ground. So, you know, we have a lot of places for people to come and hang out. So it's become really popular because, you know, a lot of times distillery experiences, especially if you rewind three four years ago, they were very – they were very, you know, they were kind of one thing, beautiful, amazing distilleries. I still go to all the time, but you know, you booked your tour, the tour window was from whatever, 1130 to three. And so you booked your tour, it was 45 minutes. You learned about corn and barrels and, and then you drank, you know, two quarter ounce samples of whiskey and you drove 45 minutes to the next one. Yeah. Um, so what we really did was in Indiana, we didn't have a lot of the same restrictions that some of the Kentucky and Tennessee distilleries started with right. being in dry counties. So you can drink anywhere on our property. You can take a, a mixed drink and walk across our campus with it and sit on the ground and enjoy the beautiful weather. So uh, what we've created is a place where people really want to come and come back to hang out and stay. So yeah, it's, it's, it is big. I guess whenever I speak about a small distillery, I, I look at, I look at our expansion that we just went through and uh, how many barrels we're making now. And then, you know, you think about some of the, the guys that we're competing with and guys and gals on the shelf. And I know how many barrels they make. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're definitely small. Yeah. I, I know when you look at somebody like heaven Hill, let's just take oh, 1300 yeah, barrels a day. Right? right. Yeah. So how many barrels a day are you guys? At? So we just tripled. Well, we actually just, we tripled our capacity, but we're at an eight X run rate from where we were. Mm-hmm. And we're making 24 barrels a day. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can remember when I went to Wilderness Trail and they were probably similar oh, yeah. capacity. And it then was. we watched them, mm-hmm. you know, bringing in barrel trucks every day. Right. right? So. Yeah. When they dropped that 36 inch still in, that was a that was a game changer. So if you notice when you look in our distillery, we have room for a 36 inch still in our still house. So yeah. there's a dream. Something to come. You have a dream. Oh, yeah. Without question. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, you know, there are a lot of things to do here uh, in addition to tasting whiskey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, 
each time we come back, we see something else is added. Can you tell us a little bit about the distillery experience here uh, for somebody that's coming in from out of town? Sure. Yeah. We really, because of the lack of restrictions I was talking about, we've turned it on its ears. So, you know, I'm, it's not a shameless plug. I mean, definitely go to hardtruth.com and we've got the, and click on the tours and the experience part of it. Um, but I'll go through. So we, we offer a distillery tour where we you know, start with some of the history, then go through the distillery. And at the end, we end with a, a guided tasting. That's really nice. It's about an hour long experience. And then <clears throat> we've got some really unique experiences that I think, you know, we also have a, it's called the whole truth tour. That's more barrel focused. You go into our Rick house, you taste some whiskey straight from the barrel, um, learn more about what the barrel brings to the, to the whiskey and a little bit less about the process. Um, and then, but here's where we, where we start to diverge. So, uh, our most popular tour to date is our get lost tour. So in these beautiful hills and hollers that we talked about earlier, we have cut miles of trails and they are out in the raw wilderness, which you guys are going to get to experience soon here. And uh, so we have side-by-side ATVs and tour guides. We drive, you drink, um, and we do an ATV tour. Yeah, very (laughs) smart. Um, So, and then out in the woods, you have, I think it's three or four different stops where you get to do different guided tastings. So you're experiencing, and I mean, the the ATV trails are they're no joke. They're yeah. it's really fun. So I will tell you that I guarantee you you will have a blast on that ATV tour. It is a riot. It's my favorite. Um so then something else that one of my partners, Ed, thought up that was thought a really brilliant idea is for, for your listeners who maybe have been able to participate in a single barrel pick. Um it's a really cool experience. You, you get a little more one-on-one attention from the distillery. You get to learn a little bit more about the breadth of their, their product and what they have out there. Um, you get to learn more about the nuances of whiskey, right? So, um, but it's kind of rarefied air, you know, unless you're a retailer or you're a part of a bourbon club and you get picked to go. Um, most people don't get to experience that, that love whiskey. So Ed said, why don't we offer a tour where people can come in right off the street book a single barrel experience tour and go through that experience. So you can do that here. So you can come in with a group of friends by yourself, however you want to do it. Book the single barrel experience tour. You come right down to this room that we're sitting in. You have a tour guide go through, uh, I think it's four barrels. And then you choose which one is your favorite. And then as a part of the the tour cost, when you leave, you get a bottle of that single barrel. Oh, fantastic. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's really Great cool. idea. Really. <clears throat> so, so those, those kind of innovative ideas are part of that experience that I was talking about earlier that my partners are, are really so good at. Um, and then we have a new experience that just got added that just hit our socials yesterday, which is our, so I know this is all about whiskey, but for people, if you don't know, we make a toasted coconut rum that is absolutely ridiculously delicious and it crushes everywhere it goes. Um, so we have a lot of people who know us only for that. Um, and so we're very proud of that rum and, uh, we had to build a new lake, uh, for some additional water on the property. And so of course my partners with the big ideas, uh, (laughs) looked at that lake or actually they looked at a dirt hole and said, we've got to have tiki boat tours in this lake. <laughs> so as of yesterday, the tiki boat, hard truth, tiki boat, coconut rum tour is live. You can book it. Um, and tour guide takes you down. We built a, a tiki bar on a pontoon platform and you go around the lake, drink some cocktails, have some fun. It's a kick in the pants. How, how fantastic yeah. is that? How it's, fantastic is that? True. So a little bit of everything out here. Yeah. Playing some music. I'm sure the music oh, is yeah. appropriate for the tiki boat. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, fant- I'm really enjoying this whiskey. How about you, Melody? Mm-hmm. Yes. She nods yes. She's having a good time, too. That this- was proof. We're going to have to go look at the proof on that. It's good. It's sneaky. I'm sure it's drinking under what it is to me, but I... I feel like that I just for my evaluations, I feel like I know that where this one is proof wise. Yeah, we're talking about tiki boats. So I'm starting to pick up a little coconut in this burb in this burb. You know, this I ride. love that Sorry. note. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love coconut in uh I think it's the bottle to the right. Yeah. All right, so now I've got the bottle. All right. 
You want to play the game of guess the proof? Guess the proof. I'm going to guess the proof at 114.8. Oh, my goodness. A wow. It's a big boy. Yeah, it is. I probably should have went higher because it, it, it got a hold of me when I first sipped it. Mm. But I've been sipping on it here for a few minutes, so... Well, that's good for one twenty seven for 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 folks that like the uh, like the proofy whiskeys. Definitely come in and this one. I'm not sure how much they've got left of this. We just sent this to them, I think, last week. So it's it says sweet mash rye single barrel, and it says tours and tastings as the customer for that. And your entry proof for your rye whiskeys. So when we first got started, so these whiskeys that we're that we're drinking through today, when we first got started, we were really running our column still more like a batch still. So, you know, continuous column really is designed to just run continuously. Right. When you run it continuously, as you're collecting your whiskey, you move it over to a barreling tank, knock the proof exactly where you want it, put it in the barrel. When you run it, as we were running it at first, which was we would do, you know, we'd make mash, we'd ferment it. Then we would run that mash through the column until it was out. Then another 24 hours, you know, then we had another day before we started back up. So as we collected that whiskey, you know, fermentation was a little bit better, a little bit worse. You know, there's a lot of variables, you know, what, what, what starch content of the the grains, all that kind of stuff. So we would end up with, as far as proof gallons, different amount for each one. So then what we would do is we would be somewhere where we couldn't decide between, you know, well, I'm going to do seven barrels of this or eight barrels. It was going to be eight barrels. Um, But we would just, dilute it down to fill eight barrels, whatever that proof was. So to answer your question, we were going in the barrel the first three years between 108 and 120. Most of the time it was in the 110 to 112 range. Which is which is phenomenal, which is good. Which it is, is very good. good. Yeah. More um, water makes better solubility. It really does. Yeah. So, but what we've learned through, because, you know, everyone's whiskey is, is kind of, it's, you don't know what you're going to make until you make it. Um, through the lens of the five years we've had to evaluate what we've made, we started finding again with that statistical significance, a sweet spot of 113. 113, anything that we entered into the barrel at 113 just shined above everything else. So now that we're running the column as a continuous column, our entry proof consistently from basically for the last 12 months and moving forward is going to be 113. Yeah. So you must be, Building Rick Houses. We just completed Rick House 2, 10,000 barrel Rick House. It is almost full. Rick House 3 will be, um, should be completed by the end of September. And there's no shortage of acres here for Rick Houses. No, but the, there's, not, there's not much. Like, we, we really have to work on the land to get oh, got it. it. So, yeah. you know, we've only got so many ridge tops that are uh, wide and flat enough for us to put Rick House. Because you really we'll need to be on an elevated piece of property. You do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we've got one more whiskey we want to try, Mm -hmm. and we've got it in the glass already. Uh, I do want to hear a little bit about what's coming down the pike. Sure. So maybe as we taste this next whiskey uh, and we come out of tasting it, we can talk a little bit about kind of the plans for this year and next year and what's going on. Great. Perfect. So this whiskey we've got in the glass is our... Caramel Malted Rye. This is from our Master Distillers Reserve Series that we released um, at the end of last year, 2022. So uh, we we had three mash bills that we made in very small amounts um, three or four years ago. And uh, we wanted to kind of see how they how they would do because they were, you know, we utilized some beer grains. Um, so caramel malted barley instead of just plain distiller's malt and then chocolate malted barley and then malted rye. Um, so, you know, I only had a couple, you know, like a hundred barrels of each. So we decided, all right, let's do a reserve series and just, you know, blend together about 10 barrels of each and release it as a, a limited release. So we did that last year. Very, very successful. This particular one is our caramel malt. So it's, uh, it's, it's does have some corn in it. So yeah. I think it's about 53% rye, 36 corn. And I think 11 caramel malted barley. So malted barley, when they, you know, they, they sprout the barley and then they kiln dry it. But then at that point, it's kind of like a blonde roast coffee, right? So if you think about those, those grains of malted barley, it's kind of like a blonde roasted coffee. If you keep applying heat and time, 
then it starts to caramelize those sugars and starts to get darker and darker and darker and darker. So you go from a pale to a caramel, dark caramel, milk chocolate, dark chocolate. So, and the flavor is very, I mean, you can, you can taste it in the, oh, in yeah. the grain. Yeah. Um, so when you like, we've got a chocolate malted rye out in the market and you know, it's like espresso and Dutch cocoa. It's, it's delicious. Um, this one is caramel malt. I think out of the three, this is my personal favorite. Uh, I think that that the caramel malted barley really adds another layer of, of really complex sugars. Um, and then with the corn in there, and then of course the, the sweetness from the, or I'm sorry, the, the spiciness from the rye, it just all balances out, gets into that, um, complexity and balance. So as far as the future in 2023, we will be releasing a master distillers reserve line of three whiskeys again. And you'll just have to see what they are when they come out. But that'll be, I believe it's going to be in the October, November range. It's fantastic. There. Yeah. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. And cask strength as well on this one. Mm. Lordy mercy. Yeah, that is so good. It's, it's causing that dripping on the sides of my tongue. You know, that, you know, where you feel yeah. that some whiskeys do that. Some whiskeys don't. This one definitely does it. It's got a little bit of a freshness to it, though. It does. Yeah, I really, really, really like this whiskey. I get, again, I'm not great on descriptors, but I get kind of like a a sweetness, the same kind of sweetness I get with ice wines. Or those, you know, those really sure. overly fermented um, grapes that they press in to make ice wine. Yeah, the note the nose on this is a little bit lighter too. It's not. I'm keeping my nose out of the glass this time. Your glasses are more of a tulip type mm-hmm. glass here than a Glencairn, and it's easy to get your nose deep too deep into it. But and this one is at one seventeen, I believe, okay. as well. So there's mm, that's tasty. That is very good. Yeah, I, I did brew beer myself for a while, and I remember all the different malts, the crystal malt, the oh, yeah. chocolate malt, the, the caramel malts, and um, I haven't done it in a while. But uh, it's nice that you're able to marry those two because they're very similar. You know, making beer is making beer, whether you're making it to drink directly or if you're making it to distill. Mm-hmm. It, the process is not all that different, minus the hops, right? That's right. But uh, the the experience that comes from the beer side of things can definitely give you some to- tools to play with, right? Well, first of all, we 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 call our our brewers quitters because they're just not done yet in our eyes. <laughs> there you go. They I've made heard that the before. beer, but they're just not done yet. Uh, no, there are, our brewers are extremely talented um, craftsmen and women, and and I will tell you that the attention that you have to pay. In the, uh, you know, there's a lot of delicate art to making whiskey, but the, the mashing and fermentation part of, of making whiskey is far more, you know, bashing it with a hammer versus, you know, with beer making, it's more like playing the violin. I mean, you have to be so attentive to hygiene, you know, everything has to be passivated and has to have a closed system. and. Sure. The temperature, you know, between a degree of temperature makes a heat, you know, if you oh, yeah. beer. Yeah. Um, and with with distilling, you know, especially making whiskey, it's it's a lot more like let's get that grain in there and give it some aggressive yeast and let's let's squeeze every bit of alcohol out of that out of that grain that we can. Now, the different yeast strains bring you lots of different flavor and your fermentation temperatures make a big difference. All those things matter. But you know, you're fermenting from all the way to zero bricks in three days. Yeah. You know, with beer, you leave, you, you got to leave some sugars behind to give the beer body. And you're talking about sometimes, you know, two week fermentation or longer for, for lagering. So, um, so there are some, definitely some similarities, but, uh, I really give, I give a lot, a lot of, uh, big respect to our brewers. It's, it's a, it's a very, very, um, delicate process. So coming down the pike, we've, Mm -hmm. We've got some limited releases mm-hmm. related to um, sort of uh, grain mash bill changes. Yes. We also Correct. have some releases that are coming with uh, barrel finishing. Yes. So we've worked with our uh, 
guy I hired a while back named Chris Moore, who started, has done a little bit of everything in the distillery, paid his dues, but he's a, he came from the wine world. So he's got a really, really great palate for, for wine. I know you all spent some time with Chris, a uh, great, very smart person and a uh, great palate. Um, so Chris and I kept talking about, you know, all this finishing stuff that's going on in the whiskey world, you know. Saw Terrence finish, Sherry finish, rum cask finish. It's just endless. And it seems like everyone's doing it. Um, I've tasted some that I really like a lot. I've tasted some that I really didn't like very much. Um, I've tasted some that I, I promise you they've poured the barrel that they say is in there. They've poured some of that liquid. They didn't empty the barrel before they used it. Right. Uh, (laughs) You know, but regardless, you know, Chris and I were fascinated by it. We were like, oh man, we, we got to start doing some barrel finishes. So, you know, I've got my little, my little scratch pad and he's got his and, and I love this about Chris is he's so relentless. He kept coming to me. Well, I was thinking about this kind of blend and we'd get a Sauternes barrel and it would match it in this way. And, and I'd always say, Chris, I, I, I believe you. And I think that sounds amazing. Um, but we got all this other stuff happening. And so basically it all, it kept, it kept falling at the end of my list of things to do. Um, and so finally, you know, I, I thought, you know what? This is going to, I'm going to give Chris a little bit of uh, a little of ownership here to, to get this going. So really Chris Moore, you know, gets a lot of props for, for putting this program together and really pushing us to do it. And he and I evaluate everything going in the blends going into the barrels and then, you know, what, what comes out um, yeah. we do together. Um, so we are going to have a, a release later this year and we, we aren't talking about it yet, but you'll keep your eye out for it. And it's going to called, uh, be called our barrel finish reserve series. So it's going to be, I'm telling you that liquid is absolutely stunning. Well, fantastic. So keeping an eye out for it, we need to keep an eye out somewhere. Where can people find you on the internet, on social media so that they can keep an eye on what you're doing? Sure. So we're on Instagram, um, you know, Facebook, all the, all the, uh, social media outlets. And, and if you will start our websites, hardtruth.com, if you plug in hard truth distilling or, um, hard truth, typically we're the first thing that pops up. Sure. Yeah. Usually it's not too hard to find a good distiller. You just type in like hard truth rye and boom, that's right. Up. Yeah. Or, or hard, sweet mash rye. Or sweet mash rye. Yeah. yeah. Sweet mash rye. And, uh, we do have, uh, you know, a couple tricks up our sleeves this year as well that I cannot talk about, but, um, but we'll have, uh, some press releases coming out later this month. And so. you're going to like, we're coming up on like, uh, kind of the season of like the Kentucky bourbon festival and oh, bourbon yeah. on the banks mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Will you guys be attending? We will be at bourbon on the banks and we will be at bourbon and beyond. Fantastic. Um, well, gosh, we're going to be at, we're going to be at most of the festivals and, and thank goodness that I, you know, I, I, uh, I get to come on here and, and talk about this stuff like I'm the the one that's responsible for it. But I can tell you that I am a very small cog and a very large wheel of, of really passionate, talented um, people who believe in what we're doing and who work incredibly hard to get it done. So, you know, we've we've got folks um, you know doing all these festivals. I, I go to a lot of them. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm also visiting markets that we're opening distribution into. So I'm I'm kind of I get pulled a bunch of different directions, but I, I I try to go to everyone I can. Well, hopefully we'll see you around. And we're, at, we're usually pretty busy at these things, too, but sure. we'll definitely be a bourbon on the banks. And Great. if we, we bump into you, we'll, we'll have a pour together. Absolutely. Sounds wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for taking time with us and bringing us out to this wonderful distillery. I think we're running up against time here. We're going to go on an ATV tour. The Get Lost Tour. You're going to go get lost. And I think we're going to come back and have dinner at your restaurant. My goodness, it's going to be so great. Live music tonight down on the terraces. We didn't even talk about that. We've got music terraces down below the restaurant with with live music on weekends. It's going to be, you guys are going to have a great night. Definitely a destination. Listeners, if you get a chance, go to hardtruth.com. Check out what they have to offer. Take the opportunity to, to, to do a weekend here in this beautiful place brown county and and come visit hard truth and taste their whiskeys and and their experience and have a have a wonderful time brian again thank you so much hey thank you very much it's been an honor all right well you can find the bourbon road on all social media outlets you can find us on facebook instagram twitter youtube my, my goodness you can find us on tiktok even believe it or not and 
Now there's threads. I don't think I can keep up with all of these things. <laughs> I'm trying, but it's really hard. It takes a lot of time, but it's all important because we want to get the word out to these fantastic people we have on our show. Every week on Wednesday, you'll you'll get to hear a great show with a with a distillery. Sometimes it's a music artist, sometimes an author or a chef. But we're always drinking whiskey, and we're always having a great time. We hope you you join us every single Wednesday. If you've got an idea for a show, if you've got an idea for a bottle, or maybe there's a distillery in your hometown that's just doing it right, you want to shine a little light on them, hop onto that website, thebourbonroad.com. Go to our Contact Us page. Reach out to us. Let us know about it. We'll do all the work. We'll get them on the show. While you're there, that's where our swag is. That's where our bourbon podcasts are. You'll find our blogs there. There's a lot of great content on our website. You can also send us an email, team at thebourbonroad.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be at all the events. We'll be at all the distilleries. If you see us in town, make sure to say hi. But until then, we'll see you down the bourbon road. (laughs) 